Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I'm your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and a transformational coach for entrepreneurs, businesses, leaders, and for those who want to break the cycle of convention and redefine success one step at a time. I am on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week we have thought leaders, change instigators and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life and your business. This week, I'm super excited about our guest. We have the beautiful Faith Cole. Faith Cole is a British writer, speaker, and researcher with a heart for encouraging others. She works with social impact leaders and organizations to communicate powerful stories that shift hearts and minds. Her TED talk titled, What I've Learned from My Autistic Brothers, has been viewed by over 1.3 million people across the globe. Faith's mission is to pour out her gift to others. She provides weekly encouragement to a growing online community through her newsletter, Poor. She joins her husband, Nathaniel Cole, in discussing matters of faith, hope and love through their podcast, These Three Remain, which encourages listeners to push past their fears and press into their purpose. Faith is currently pursuing her PhD in communication at American University. She has spent the last six years studying the intersection of communication and social impact. Her research explores the tensions between online visibility and online vulnerability that are experienced when seeking to create positive change in society. Faith is a proud Londoner but now lives in Washington DC and happily calls it home. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Today we have the beautiful Faith Cole. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you so much, Catherine. I'm so happy to join you. I'm super excited, especially after watching your (laughs) TED Talk. I know this is going to be an awesome conversation. And the way that we always love to start the show is we always love to ask our woman of inspiration her unique story. So Faith, what inspired you to do what you do today? Goodness, I'm not sure quite where to start. I think, you know, there's a lot of power in a name. And uh, when my parents named me, it was because they were told that they couldn't have children. And so when I arrived, uh, I was a little bit of a miracle. And ever since then, I've had to exercise a lot of faith in my life, um, a lot of believing against the odds. And um, I've witnessed a lot of things from my family, um, in my community of people just overcoming um incredible situations and challenges. And so I was born in London, Southeast London at that. And um, often Southeast of every anywhere has 
quite the reputation. So I'm not sure what it's like where you are, Catherine. <laughs> but um, Southeast London was not a place in which um, many people, many specifically black young women were expected to do um, much beyond the norm. Um, and I grew up with uh, two brothers who um, are just my complete inspiration and encouragement and joy, and they drive me um, to do the things that I do. And they were both autistic. Uh, one is nonverbal and one is verbal, um, but both have just extraordinary um, unique personalities of their own and seeing their challenges in communicating with others, it kind of catapulted me into this space of communicating myself. And so I think I ended up being um, this voice for them growing up and, and this kind of grew my desire to be the voice for the voiceless and encouraging people to find their voice um, as I got older. And so even in school, I would see myself doing um, things that I, I, I like encourage my friends, encourage my community um, at a young age. I would do spoken word in um, all sorts of places when I was growing up. Um, and then as I got to university, I started a radio show, did encouragement there. Um, and I went into mainstream radio after university also. And um, really, I just realized that all of the experiences that I had growing up from um, from birth, it, it would seem, were kind of molding and shaping me into this space of encouraging others and communicating. And um, I am floored anytime I get an opportunity to just speak to another person, speak to another woman specifically, and just kind of just really encourage them to be the best that they can be and find what's extraordinary about them. Mm. I'm I'm um, curious about there's a that you are talking about the start you said believing against the odds. Mm -hmm. How does one do that? How do we how do we and I'm 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 asking for myself and I'm sure our listeners are also mm -hmm. curious, how do we actually do that? What kind of drive um, motivates you to believe against the odds? I think for me it's believing that you have a purpose bigger than sometimes the circumstances that you find yourself in. When you find yourself in difficult circumstances, whether it be um, financial, whether it be uh, in a relationship, whether it be um, in your career, there can be challenges that kind of are flung at you and if you believe that you are created for what, more than you're experiencing at that particular moment, it can drive you to push, pursue, to really reach for um, what's on the other side of that challenge. And for me as a Christian, it's it's my faith in God. I, I, I can't deny that. And my name is pretty... Uh, <laughs> It, it, it's one of those things which um, there's a 50-50 or 75-25% chance that I'm a person of faith because my name is Faith. 
Um, but it really uh, drives me to see a lesson in some of the circumstances that I find myself in, some of the challenges that I find myself in, and um, really ask myself, okay, once I get to the other side of this, how do I even encourage others uh, who may find themselves in a similar situation so that they don't have to, um, so that they don't have to trip where I've stumbled before. Oh, I like that. I love the fact that your purpose is actually bigger than the circumstances or even the environment because that does, now I can feel that motivation that, and that drive where it comes from, which kind of leads into the TED talk that you did because uh, when I was actually watching it before the show, uh, I love the fact that you were saying that we all have a unique gift Mm-hmm. That everything in our life really, to me, the way I took that is like everything is an opportunity and if only we look at them as opportunities, uh, hence why we do the things that we do today. Did you want to talk us through a little bit about some of the lessons that you learned uh, and that you shared on your TEDx talk? Yeah, so uh, with my TED talk, it's um, based around the uh, lessons that I learned from my brothers um, growing up and it was done around eight years ago now. Um, but it talked about the way that they, um, even in what some may see as uh, a challenge of being autistic, um, how they have taught me to embrace what is extraordinary, embrace um, the uniqueness of each of us. Um, my brother, Remy specifically, he has the ability to be able to, um, just make anyone smile, just anyone comfortable. Um, and he uses no words to do so. And I think that's a powerful gift to be able to make someone feel love, um, without words. And so when I, as I often look back on both of them and and just the way that they have conducted themselves knowingly and unknowingly in some regards, um, I'm inspired to look within me what comes naturally to me that may not seem big to other people, but if you harness it, um, can do something to change um, somebody's world, um, whether it's your own or the other the people around you. And um, so I'm, I'm of the, a big belief that every single person on this planet, um, bar none, has something to offer this world, um, something of value. And it's up to us uh, to identify what that is and find a way to use it um, for preferably good, um, but use it for something bigger than ourselves. And uh, I think that something that takes us quite a while to do at times is to look back and um, the the things that we think make us different and and odd um, are often that very gift that we need to uh, refine and, and cultivate almost, um, to share with others. And, um, 
for me, it's uh, it's the gift of encouragement. I didn't think encouragement was that much of a thing <laughs> until um, I realized that people were really responding in the way um, when I would share with them and share my heart, share uh, parts of my story. And uh, the response was bigger than I, I had anticipated. And uh, once I realized that this was something that I could do, I could go into spaces and uplift people, um, that has been something that I have uh, personally thought to cultivate. Um, and I think sometimes we have to sit with ourselves to really see, really look, what is it that I have that can be used and um, it may not look like someone that you know, someone that you admire. It may look very simple, but I'm of the belief that everyone is extraordinary and everyone has that, that gift of value um, if we reach out and down and, and really dig it out. Mm, I, I, I love that. And it reminds me of another lady we had on the show, Dr. Martha Beck, who spoke about her son who's autistic and uh, she called him a wizard, actually, uh, and she was <laughs> talking how he was extraordinary and how she learned so much from his superpowers. Um, so it's um, very similar to – it just, it just you know, came to mind when you were talking about your story, so it's beautiful. Um, Faith, there is one thing that we did talk at the start of the show, which I would love to unpack, was your research around exploring the tensions between online visibility and online mm. vulnerability for those seeking to create social change. So talk us through that. Yes. Yeah, so um, for the last six to seven years, I've been uh, looking at the intersection between communication and social impact. And um, I have interviewed around 30 founders of social uh, enterprises um, of the millennial generation. And what you would know that is unique to the millennial generation is that we have been um, brought up as digital natives for the most part. And so for the first time in history, um, we are brought up with technology in a unique way that has changed the way that we communicate. Everything is more instant. Um, it's more immediate, it's more um, connected than ever. And with that, there are identity, privacy, and reputation implications. And so my research looks at this tension between being vulnerable online, being visible online, um, and sacrificing huge parts of ourselves um, for the purpose of social change. A lot of my um, founders have used social tools to, um, social media tools to communicate either their um, ventures or even their ventures may be based online. And so it's really intertwined with what they do. And um, I had one particular young man share with me that um, he has to post when he doesn't want to post. He has to express himself when he doesn't express want to express himself all because he knows that there is a greater purpose um, that is in store for him communicating, him putting himself out there, him putting this curated version of himself out there. 
And so what's really, really interested me is just the way that we're having to um, adapt ourselves, what we're willing to share um, in order to make a difference. And um, I, I'm really curious as about how not just millennial generation, but the generations to come will evolve with how they interact and engage with one another um, online and offline and what those differences might end up being in the end. Mm. It's interesting. The The reason I was wanting to unpack this is we were having a conversation the other day about our young generation these days and how they communicate. When you're sitting in front of them, let's say they go for an interview, they mm. really find it hard to have that conversation and sell themselves. But when it's an online interview, for example, and this is just another organisation I was speaking to, because there's that they're not in front of that um, person but it's all uh, because they, they were born – uh, cable ready, so to speak, yeah. that there are uh, it's 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 a much more flowing conversation, which is really interesting for for someone from my generation who didn't have mobile phones, didn't have internet, didn't have um, uh, any of this, and and you see even nowadays how uh, it is also used to pacify a child. So mm. I can't tell you how many children I've seen just as soon as they start crying, the parent will just give them their their um, iPhone or, you know, um, their um, mobile phone to play a game or, you know. So it's it's really shifted um, our ways of communicating. But I wonder is that going to be a hindrance for them later on in life? What are your thoughts? I do wonder that also um... – I'm even more worried about the privacy implications of, of the next generation because um, many of them have been um, online before they had the uh, ability to give consent to be online, um, whether it be through scans or uh, baby pictures. Um, there's a whole generation that have just that we're about to see that has been documented since birth literally. And um, also, just as you have said, um, been given different different technology devices to um, either soothe or educate themselves. And there's going to be a a lot of, um, I think, need for offline communication uh, come adolescence and young adulthood, I think there's going to be probably a need to um, really teach that skill um, once again if te- if this technology reliance uh, continues and persists. Um, and I think it's going to be just really interesting to monitor how uh, what the next 10 to 15 years look like um, in terms of the the development of the young people we see today. And um, I don't know, with many of uh, opportunities being remote, so now you don't necessarily need to be in an office, now you don't need to um, necessarily be everywhere in person um, when it comes to um, either employment. So as we are changing as um, the way we communicate, 
it would be interesting to see how the world around us is also changing to accommodate those um, those differences. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And you're starting to see that more and more now, especially in large corporations. There actually, uh, there's hot desks. There's a lot more of like working from home. Um, and like mm-hmm. you said, it's it's kind of like less tra- travel. So the technology is absolutely expanding because um, it was definitely not um, the way it is today back, say, 10 years ago. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what 10 years ahead of time looks like. So, Faith, yeah. you've had an, a very adventurous life throughout your adventurous <laughs> life. What has been one of the greatest lessons that you have learned thus far? Yeah, so I think the the greatest lesson that I have learned is really to embrace what makes you extraordinary. I think that embracing yourself has, um, for me, been a quite the journey. And as I've moved country, it's been even more so of a journey. Um, I had to really let go of, of, of the fact that I would be in an environment where I would have to explain myself majority of the time. Um, it's different when you're not in a place that you were brought up as home and I'm sure any expats would agree. Um, And you have to be really comfortable with who you are and comfortable with um, what you desire to do and and how you desire to make an impact on the world. And so I think for me, really sitting with myself and um, being comfortable with what I believe I was called to do and walking along that path has been... um, one of the greatest lessons that I could I could learn I think before I was very into people pleasing I was very into making sure I was keeping up with the Joneses and um to no benefit of my own and um when you're not following something that is your purpose and when you're not following something that you're passionate about or that you're aligned with or that you're gifted to do there is a huge difference there can be a a a deep unhappiness. Um, And I think the the more that you embrace what makes you extraordinary, the more that you will experience joy um, in what you do and who you are, and the more that you're able to give to other people um, because you are being the most authentic you that you could be. I love that. And I think that when we look about what are our what does make us extraordinary, what is our gift, and how do we find our voice? How do we respond to those kind of questions? I think it's something that you don't necessarily find overnight. I think it takes a lot of self-reflection. Um, it takes a lot of sitting with yourself. It takes for me, it took journaling. Um, And quiet time in the morning, uh, I usually have, you'll see me, myself and my husband in separate quarters, just really sitting and um, sitting with ourselves and and looking at, okay, what, what, what am I supposed to do today? What is the purpose of today? Um, Who do I want to be today? What do I really like about myself? 
And sometimes we're so busy doing work and with family that we don't get that much time. And it's a fight to find time to really get to know yourself. But a lot of us, when, when it comes to finding your voice, it's really about asking yourselves the hard questions that we sometimes run away from. We sometimes don't necessarily want to sit with ourselves because of maybe past traumas, past um, or, or just the fact that we're unhappy with where we are. But we have to fight through that, fight past that, and um, really get to know who and what we are called to do. Mm, it is about slowing down, isn't it? And it's 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 easier said than done. And I love the fact that you do that uh, every morning as a bit of a ritual for you and your husband because if you don't make the time, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't just happen, does it? No, no, no. no. The other thing that we love to ask our woman of inspiration, Faith, is pain points. We believe everyone deals with pain points, whether it's in business or in life. What would be a pain point for you and how do you work through a solution? So I, th- I think a pain point for me is, um, is fear. Um, fear has been a barrier for a very long time. Um, I have been afraid of success and I've been afraid of failure. (laughs) I've been afraid of it all. Um, I've refused to enter into rooms that I do not feel qualified for. Um, I have been afraid to speak up when I felt that my message was too simplistic. Um, I have been afraid of people not accepting um, who I am and the way that I fight through it is exactly the first uh, the first lesson that I shared, which is embracing what makes me extraordinary, embracing the fact that um, there is probably something great behind the other side of that challenge. The and and that is the reason why I'm afraid. Um, I always say that fear is, is not an indicator that you'll necessarily fail. Fear is an indicator that there, there may be something great behind the win. Um, so, for example, if you're f- afraid to speak on stage, it might not be because you'd be terrible if you did it, but it might be if you actually get past that fear and able to share your message, share your voice, share um, whatever is on your heart, that something new and amazing can be birthed from that experience. You might find something very new about yourself. Um, And so I think fear almost stopped me from doing my degree. (laughs) I had, I, I had not had the, um, I'm the unlikely PhD candidate. (laughs) I did not have a smooth, um, undergraduate experience and I changed degrees midway and it really um, impacted the way that I uh, thought about myself when I academically as I was studying and so applying to a PhD program was huge for me because for so long I had felt that I had failed because it took me double the amount of time to graduate than um, someone who had just entered um, and done their three years of, of, of university and was, was out by 21. And so 
I think I would have been kicking myself if I didn't, um, quite frankly, just say, oh, whatever, I'll just try. <laughs> you almost have to have a lighthearted approach to fear sometimes um, when it comes uh, at your gate. Because if you think about it too much, it may um, discourage you from, from really pressing on and pressing through. Um, so I think about those moments where I was afraid, I overcame that fear, and the results that I've seen have been much better than I can imagine. And it's not always easy. When you overcome fear, it, it, you are faced with some challenges sometimes. Sometimes the thing that you were afraid would happen actually does happen. But you'd be surprised of how equipped you are to deal with it when you get to that stage. I think sometimes we second guess how equipped we are and how much we have and how many resources can be available um, to us if um, if we just try. So I think definitely fear has been something that I've had to address and I continually have to address uh, time and time again. I don't think it necessarily goes away. I think fear is is actually healthy because it means, in a way, in, it, it means that you're doing something that is out of your comfort zone. Um, and I think everyone should be trying to grow out of their comfort zone to some degree um, in, in each and every season of their life. Yes, I totally agree with that. And I'm, I think fear is always going to be around. It's just about how we respond and react to the fear. And I think for me, um, I also could relate to the fear of success uh, and I surrendered to it. And I, I think that I was always getting in my own way. So that's how mm -hmm. I realised that I had a fear of success because when I was at the brink of something, I would sabotage it. How did you right. connect with your fear of success? I think... I've always been afraid that I would mess something up <laughs> and I'm, I'm not quite sure why. Um, and I think I've also been afraid that the success may not be, may not satisfy um, the, the, either the thirst that I had, right? Because um, success, for example, is it, when you when you get to certain uh, when you achieve certain things, you realize that that's not the entirety of of success in itself, and you realize that success is is something that kind of grows over time and cannot necessarily be quantifiable. It's not that you do these five things and then you're the successful. And as you um, achieve certain things, you realize okay. Um, maybe that's not what I wanted in, in the end, or maybe this, maybe there's more to having these certain things. And so I think when I, as I've seen, um, things that have been on my goal list be achieved and not necessarily, uh, I guess, scratch that itch, um, I have, then been afraid, oh, if I then do uh, another thing, will that, um, will that also not satisfy me? So I think it's almost like 
again, your purpose needs to be so much greater than sometimes um, the the things that we think make us successful. And um, for me, whenever I've been afraid of success, I've I try to think of the greater purpose of achieving that thing. Um, what if I take myself out of and, and take my emotions out of this moment? What does this mean for the people around me? What does this mean for my community? What does this mean for my family? Um, and this helps to kind of help me zoom out and think less about me and more about my role um, as a contributor to this earth, uh, as opposed to um, as opposed to me and uh, what I'm comfortable with and what I'm not comfortable with. Mm, I love that. And I think that sometimes we get um, by looking at what it's almost like going external. So to st- external to what is my role rather than being stuck in that the inner dialogue, which we all do. Mm-hmm. All yeah. of us do. The other thing that we always love to ask our woman of inspiration as we start wrapping up the show is to pick one word that best describes your personal brand. So Faith, what would be that one word for you? Encourager. Mm, of course, I love that. And the last question for the uh, show is we always love to ask our woman of inspiration, no, no, inspiration to share three shiny golden nuggets uh, for our listeners. So what would be like three practical exercises that you would like to leave for our audience today? Yeah, so I think the first one would be make purpose a priority. And so as I was sharing before, you know, finding some time to um, do some quiet time, whether it's in the morning or whether it's in the evening or even if it's a 10-minute break within your lunch break during the day, um, and asking yourself those hard questions. What am I doing here? Um, What makes me come alive? What am I gifted to do? And by answering those series of questions, um, you can start to unveil um, parts of your purpose. And I do think that purpose is not something that um, is, you know, a, a statement that you have that is um, consistent over your lifetime. I think purpose evolves as you evolve as a person and more and more of it becomes revealed to you as you grow. Um, but the only way that you'll ever know that is if you are in touch with yourself. So I think definitely think making purpose a priority is important. Um, also, as I had said before, like embracing what makes you extraordinary. Um, I think naming that you're extraordinary. And even if that is, I've had to do this many times, go in front of the mirror and say, you know what, Faith, you're not too bad. You know, you're extraordinary. I think sometimes, especially in certain cultures, we sh- we it we're shy. It's sh- we shy away from really encouraging our own selves. And um, I think it's sometimes necessary for us to do um, to go into a space where we can really look into ourselves and 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 say, okay, what is it about you that makes you different from every single person on this planet? And then um, the last thing is remembering um, 
to overcome fear and fear is not an indicator that you'll fail. And how I often overcome fear is think about what is the worst possible thing that could happen and what is the likelihood that that would happen? And also, what will happen if I don't do what I'm afraid to do? And mm. if those, if the responses to those questions make you realize that indeed it is more important for you to do the thing you, are, you would like to do, afraid, than not do it at all, um, then I say go for it. And get yourself an accountability partner. Let them know that um, there is something that you want to do, but you're afraid to do it. And have a network that's supporting you through that season. Oh, I love all three. And I love the whole accountability partner because I think that sometimes when you voice it out loud, it mm. creates that um, you've got to own it and there's more responsibility for you to, to pursue uh, the outcome. Absolutely. Mm. So, Faith, where is the best place for our listeners to find you? Oh, so there's a there's a couple of places. I would say faithcole.com. Um, on there I have... A series of articles that I write um, periodically, but the place that you'll find me the most at, at the moment is through my podcast, and it's called These Three Remain, and it's a podcast that I do with my hu husband, and um, it's about faith, hope, and love, and everything in between, and that's available on all listening platforms. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. Uh, we'll have all of those in the show notes. Faith, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, uh, sharing your amazing story, and I'm sure our listeners are going to reach out. Thank you so much for your time and your energy. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit the subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplanner.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Until next week, wishing you a fabulous day.